everybody, welcome back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. I am Austin Ward, that's Tim May, that's Jeremy Birmingham. This is Letterman Rowe's latest breakdown. Spring practice number two is in the books. We talked to the Ohio State tight ends, linebackers, Kevin Wilson, Al Washington, and all of them were overshadowed by the news from day one that Master Teague is out indefinitely for the rest of spring camp uh, with a lower leg injury. Kevin Wilson was asked about that right off the bat. How does that impact things for Ohio State? When might he be back? And they, they just don't know. That happened two days ago. Uh, they're optimistic that by the end of summer that Master Teague could be back. Uh, but for now, he's not going to be out there for the 15 practices that were key to his development. Ohio State is thin at running back. Yeah. And there's no certainty that after not getting to work out in spring or summer, that Master Teague comes back fully healthy. Yeah, and Jonathan hey, Cooper Jonathan walks Cooper in. Every day, Jonathan Cooper. Start. I mean, I think that's – I don't, <laughs> I don't was, call that coincidence when it happens twice. But, but yeah, I digress. I mean, you know, actually, obviously Steel Chambers has got to step up, et cetera. Some of those walk-ons have got to step up, at least to get them through the spring. Uh, it's going to be interesting whether Marcus Crowley – you know, I, I keep hearing Marcus Crowley is going to be ready, especially mm -hmm. preseason. Yep. You know, that remains to be seen until he actually gets the green light. He can light. be physically ready. It doesn't mean yeah. he's football ready. Yeah. I think I think the more, more, more interesting question here is what is actually wrong – with Master Teague, what was his problem? We all heard the rumors. I think an MRI was actually being uh, being read today is going to define how serious maybe his injury yeah. was. Um, I go back to leg. last spring. Um, we were here watching a practice when Justin Hilliard went down. Yes. And it was obvious what the problem was at that time, and it looked extremely serious. Yeah. That didn't happen on Monday. Okay, it wasn't like one of those things where you're like, oh, crap, he looks like he got shot in the leg and he right. falls down, right? Right. So. I'm optimistic that it's not as bad yeah. as people maybe want to leap to. Well, there's there's about. no point in any of us speculating. Right. As Tim said, this isn't a final finite thing yet. It's two, it happened two days ago. What we know is that he's out for spring. Yeah, we can work with that, and it's not going to be a full summer for him. But as you talk, like, here's what we <laughs> know. Job, how do, how do you manage this in spring practice? Because you have one scholarship running back. Demario McCall today stayed out there uh, at, with the wide receivers. Marcus Crowley had. Just uh, you know, a jersey and shorts on. He was not participating. You're not going to have J.K. Dobbins is not going to walk back through this door and, and save them. Um, is he not allowed? He's not allowed. Ah. So like, petition the NCAA. The, the for key, a fourth like year. Kevin Wilson was talking about, the way they have to get creative with that, and that's probably going to mean that at some point, Demario McCall ha takes reps at running back. Mitch Rossi is somebody he said is going to take some reps at running back. Yeah. Um, that tells you how creative they're going to get there. And Jalen Gill is the third name that he mentioned. You have to get through this because Ohio State can't just punt on the running game for the next 13 practices. You still have to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys talked about it on the Tim May podcast brought to you by Letterman Row um, <laughs> earlier today on Tuesday morning. Wednesday morning? What day is it? I don't know. It's Wednesday. It's first day of um, the rest of your life, So you guys man. talked about it, but there is a benefit, I guess, if you're looking at a, a group of young quarterbacks that need reps and a lot of wide receivers that need reps. So maybe this is just the spring of throwing. The passing attack. The spring, spring of, of playing. It's not called the spring there it of is. playing. The, the, the running game is solid at Ohio State. The offensive line obviously is is knows what they're doing. So they're, you're not worrying about filling those holes. Running backs, their job if is the easiest on the football field pretty much any position on offense as far as get the ball, run to the hole. That's their job, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's not like it requires the, the greatest uh, – um, amount of mental reps or any of that kind of stuff. For a running back, it's about fresh legs. It's about being uh, physically ready to handle the rigors of, of taking a beating in the Big Ten. Maybe there's a benefit in here somewhere that Master T gets an, a few extra months of staying fresh. I don't know. Of not getting fatigued. He, he is a, uh, a workout machine. He's one of the best 
uh, kept guys on the team as far as staying in shape. You just want to see what they're going to do. You still want to assert yourself, though, when there's been a sure. changing of the guard. You want to assert yourself. I'll never forget, as long as I live uh, on student day, standing behind uh, in a spring practice uh, when Ezekiel Elliott got a, got a handoff. And we, I was standing from here to, to Chives there from him. And he takes a handoff and goes right up the middle. There's a huge hole and just goes out of sight yep. like a drag racer. I got a lot. And of I mean, th this was the spring when he had to make his move, and he definitely did. Yeah. And that's what you you know you want to you know even though the, the penciled in deal is uh, uh, is Master Teague the third at running back number one. He's not taking that for granted. He shouldn't. Right. Uh, Marcus Crowley wants to come back and challenge for it as soon as he can. The, there is. But I agree with you. The fresher you can keep running backs through the spring and summer, the better off you are in October and November. Now, you'd rather them being fresh, you know, uh, without rehab. But right. at the same time, you have a group, as I said, of quarterbacks and wide receivers and tight ends, tight ends that need reps. The passing game, the Buckeyes obviously want it to take a step to the next level. Justin Fields is ready to take that next step. I don't, yeah. I don't know that it's a situation that is quite as dire because we do expect Marcus Crowley back by the summer. They will get Mayan Williams, who I took a lot of heat for on, on one episode of Talking Stuff where I said I think he's going to be the starting running back <laughs> on game one. And I said that before all these injuries. That so, is pretty bizarre. Uh, I, I just think <laughs> – It's like Kip picking Biden two weeks ago to win Virginia right. and Texas. But look at me now. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. The reality here is that the running back room this year for Ohio State was going to be by committee. I mean, everyone could pretty much tell that. Now the committee just maybe, ask you a question, maybe no, waits a little bit longer to convene. You keep up this better than anybody. Do they do they go after the kid from Indiana in the in the transfer oh, no. portal? So no. Samson James is who you're talking about, yeah. who committed to Ohio State back uh, in the summer or summer of 2016 and ended up decommitting from Ohio State. Yeah. He, his decommitment led to the Marcus uh, Crowley. to Marcus Crowley showing up on campus a, a few days later. Number one, I mean, I don't want to speak for anybody. You don't know how relationships go. But some, when you break up with someone the way that Samson James did with Ohio <laughs> State, uh, I don't know that there's many open arms waiting for him yeah. to return anyway. Uh, he's not a guy who could assert himself as the starter at Indiana. And yeah. he wouldn't be el uh, eligible immediately. I mean, so people keep asking about that, it. Well, right. we, can, we can say that yeah. definitively right now. He does not fit. Uh, as I sit here right, right now, what Ohio State needs, because as Berm, to, I don't want to turn this into talking stuff, but they're going to take two top 10 running backs, most likely in this next class. Right. And they just signed two in, in, uh, with Crowley and Steel Chambers. Those guys are still here. It's not the sky is falling. Take any running back in the world. They need someone specifically for, for 2020. Year. And that, the question that a lot of people are going to ask is about Zach Evans. And again, we're not talking about guys that aren't here on Ohio State's campus and aren't even committed or signed with Ohio State, but Zach Evans was the number one running back in the class of 2020 for pretty much the entire cycle until he didn't sign anywhere. Yeah. Um, he's still a five-star talent. He's one of those guys, if you remember Bull Durham, you know, million-dollar talent, 10-cent brain or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know that he's a 10-cent <laughs> well, North Shore. I don't know that he's yeah. a 10-cent brain, but he's a guy that has not made a lot of good decisions. And, you know, there is there has been discussion between him and Ohio State over the last few months, but it's not really about come to Ohio State. It's a yeah. more of a mentorship um, and Florida's still very involved. That's where I think he's going to end up. I don't think he's going to end up at Ohio State, and I don't expect Ryan Day and Tony Alford to open that door again. Okay, that's talking stuff. This is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. The guys that we did talk to, you have Cade Stover making that move, getting some really good 
uh, you know, feedback after just two practices. Again, it's still very early, but uh, you can tell that Kevin Wilson and his new unit mates really like him. Kevin, yeah. w- w- Kevin Wilson, after practice, said that the coaches here wouldn't let him recruit Cade Stover, <laughs> wouldn't let him go visit Cade because they were afraid he was going to try to recruit him at tight end. And now he got him. Two he days. got him. And, in. and as I said to him, what goes around comes around, right? He goes, absolutely. <laughs> so that you have that. That's uh, a big wave. I was going to ask you guys what, what stood out most from these guys because Pete Warner continues to be someone that I think is the, maybe the most underrated piece of this defense where uh, we saw him on day one. He's doing inside stuff. The, by Friday, he could be back playing free safety depending on what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and he had a conversation with Al Washington a few weeks ago that the only position he didn't play last year was six technique. So they will put him anywhere on the field. Uh, those two guys kind of jumped out. I spent a lot of time trying to talk to Pete Warner and Kate Stover. Uh, who jumped out to you, Tim? Well, those two guys, for example, I mean, you know, Kate Stover making that move. But, but you know, then I'm over here and hardly anybody's paying attention to, like, Jake Halsman, you know, during the interview process. I'm going, this is a grizzled veteran. And that is – I would use that term. And they feel, I think, you know, they moved Cade Stover over to tight end to kind of fill the – what do you want to call it, the depth situation? Mm-hmm. They've got the transfer kid. I don't see where there's this desperation at all in the, in the tight end room anymore. What uh, Case Stover has become has to become a polished tight end because right now he's probably more like catching the ball and looking more like a bull in a china shop. Yeah. But as Cade said when I was talking to him, you know, the thing about tight end is you may be catching the ball and running with it, which is the ultimate goal in anybody's life, right? But the other thing is you get to block people really hard <laughs> and he really likes the contact. So, yeah. you know, there may have been a match made in heaven here as this goes along. But uh, I think they're, I mean, with Jeremy Ruckert sitting there and uh, I mean, they're, they're loaded at, at tight end now from a just a physical standpoint. And they proved last year that they would play four guys at that yeah. position. I know that yeah. everybody's eyes instantly well, goes to personnel the, is a great throw. It's more and more the way you're going because you get mismatches now from teams lining up, you know, who have gone to the spread from a covering the spread kind of defensive yeah. situation. Now you got 12 personnel, but with guys who can also catch the ball, that's lethal. Yeah, especially Ruckert, because he, he could be a true wide oh, receiver yeah. if he needed to be. But the point is that Ohio State wants to play four tight ends. They did play four last year. Everybody worries about the catches and the reception total and all that. Well, they still had to play 400 other snaps when they weren't catching the football. You still have to be good, and all four of those guys are going to be on the field. Uh, Berm, who jumped out for you? Baron Browning working with the defensive ends again today. It was something we talked about last year is yeah. something that could happen more and more. Um, I think that's interesting because, again, it, it just speaks to the fact that they're looking to find ways to get these guys on the field. However, you can get them all out there together because, and I mean, we walked in here, like, there's so many good football players <laughs> on this team. I don't know how they can really manage it unless they move guys around. And now Washington said very specifically, they're going to move Pete inside. They're going to move uh, Barron out to the end. They're going to move Taraja Mitchell outside. They're going to move Court Williams back and forth. They're going to find ways to to take advantage of their extreme athleticism that these guys have. Baron Browning is excited about the idea of playing end, and, and I'm sure the Ohio State, after losing a guy like Chase Young, you're looking for those those explosive plus, edge the, players. The plus of having a Baron Browning on the edge is that how fast he is and how determined he is to make the play once he gets the you know the minus. At linebacker, you know, we, we still saw it a little bit last year, the impulsiveness as opposed to playing your yeah. responsibility. But I think that's the goal yeah. of putting him there. Is exactly. That he's he's not always a guy that uh, is concerned about gap uh, you know, assignments and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So he's a guy who, if you need him out there to just go get the quarterback, as we saw in the Fiesta Bowl. That's what I'm talking about. You may just be able to let him to yeah. let him loose, and, and that's a good time to put him there. Yeah. I, I think he's a hell of a player. Yeah, I would say he's – 
he's at his best. If you're going to take a silver bullet, use Baron Brown, you just direct him where you want right. him to go right. and you fire the gun. I don't, think, I don't think you want to ask him to do a lot of other things. You have you have a lot of familiarity with the system with Tuff Borland and Pete Warner. I, whatever you guys think about those two people, if you are some of the, the Pete Warner and Tuff Borland haters, they're going to be absolutely it's critical. The guys that work with him every day, they're going to be on the field. I, the guys I, that work with him every day, Al Washington. Al Washington Frank said he would trust Tuff Borland with his life. Right. If that doesn't tell you how often a three-time captain he's going to be is going to be on the field. Uh, maybe don't watch the 2020 season. He's going to be out there the people, entire season. People and fans, and it's okay. I mean, they're fans, but but people seize on one or two plays, and then they, they just stick in their head with them for the rest of their lives. And those guys are those guys are branded one way or the other. Uh, well, I remember when he did. The, you know, you don't pay attention to the other 950 plays. You know, and uh, and like I said. These coaches watch video every day of everything these guys are doing. And uh, this is now going on two years now where Tuff Borland and Pete Warner have proven to another regime that they belong on the field. That's and a, yeah, it seems like I, it ought to be good enough for most people. It's something I asked about today with Al Washington because you brought in these these linebackers, Dallas Gant, Taraja Mitchell, Kayvon Pope. Now you have Court Williams and you have Justin Hilliard still. You have Cody Simon coming in, Mitchell Melton coming in. Yeah. These guys are all choosing to be here, despite the fact that they're playing behind two three-year starters, which is almost unheard of anymore in an Ohio State defense. A three-year starter is very, very rare. Yeah. And these guys are still here plugging away. And, I mean, it, it says something about the overall bond on that defensive unit. Um, for guys that have been through four defensive coordinators in the last four years, uh, it's pretty crazy that they're still all just here doing – this stuff every day because there, there's so many excuses they could have. Had I talked with Roger Mitchell about that. I mean, you know, you you know, you could you could have gone somewhere where you're the guy now. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, people are talking about you, and I mean, what he what he pointed out was number one, you're on a hell of a team here, and number two, every day you're learning something. And number three, the competition is what makes it sort of fun during this time of the year. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what you're seeing. Him and Kayvon Pope. I mean, they were two of the better guys in that recruiting class. They're fighting their. They're fighting hard to be one of those top six, you know what I mean? To yeah. be in the mix and maybe be top three. And that that drives some guys. Yeah, long way to go for Ohio State. Two practices in the books here in spring. We're going to have full coverage of that uh, all year round, obviously. But for the rest of spring ball, any new developments that pop up, will be right on top of that. Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. If you're buying an auto, make sure you use Buyer's Auto. They brought you this practice report. And we will see you next time when the Buckeyes get back out here on the practice field.